Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and Halloenzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for the Jets-Dolphins pregame report. Jets and Dolphins doing battle today at MetLife Stadium. And believe it or not, if the Jets win this game and the Bills lose to the Steelers, the Jets would actually be in first place. How about that? So, of course, to talk about all of this, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang, over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's up, brother? Ah, not too much. Enjoying the little chill in the air. Uh, that's, you know, the football weather, you get that little chill in the air, but, you know, that's about it. It's going to be really, really cold here soon enough, so let's enjoy that chill while we have it. Chris, let's start with the biggest news, and that is Dwayne Brown is ready to go today. He will start at left tackle. The question, of course, is what the Jets are going to do at the other positions on the line. They have two options. They can go with Dwayne Brown at left tackle and either McDermott or Remmers or Abohe. I think that's how you say his name. If not, I apologize. One of those guys could play right tackle, and then you slide Elijah Vera Tucker back to right guard with Lakin Tomlinson at left guard and Connor McGovern at center. The other option is Elijah Vera Tucker moves to right tackle, a position he's never played. But remember, last week, not only did he play left tackle, but they had been preparing him all throughout the week for the possibility of playing left tackle. Now, he did play left tackle for a year at USC, but the point is they may have been secretly preparing him to play right tackle because those other three players are not exactly world beaters, especially Connor McDermott. So if the idea is to get the five best guys into the game at once, that combination would be Dwayne Brown, Elijah Vera Tucker, Nate Herbig, Connor McGovern, 
and Lakin Tomlinson. And the way to make that happen would be to put Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle. So we'll see how this plays out. It's going to be interesting, Chris, because do the Jets take that risk? Have they been working with Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle in anticipation of this possibility? Or are they going to put Elijah Vera Tucker back at right guard and just take their chances at right tackle? Either way, the fact that Dwayne Brown is back today is very good news. Yeah, let's just start there. The Dwayne Brown back uh, playing great news. Um, one thing I will say, adjust your expectations on on judging him and his performance for today at least, especially at least given the first half. Uh, you know, it's obviously up there in, in age. He's had coming back from the injury. Uh, new here hasn't, you know, really practiced or done anything with this team. All the, the other uh, pieces of this line in flux. There's a lot going on. So adjust your expectations. If he comes out and he's struggling or not great right away, don't sit there and be like, ah, this is terrible. He can't do anything the rest of the year. Give him some time to settle. But – uh, it, it's unequivocally great news, and it's un, like unequivocally great news because this just has been an absolute disaster when it comes to the injuries. Uh, it's just whoever they put out there at tackle ends up getting injured and they have to move stuff around. Um, I hear what you're doing and saying with Elijah Vera Tucker, and I, I am so uncomfortable with moving him around more. Uh, I mean, he's been great. Uh, he's best, might be the best player on this roster, period. Um, but I just don't like moving offensive linemen around like that, especially if it's just back and forth. It's just at some point, wires are going to get crossed. It, and you run the risk of like doing some some serious like damage some way i it, it seems that he's been so good that maybe that is not an issue but i it just i don't know i don't like it. it scares me it's a temporary issue i don't want it to risk some type of long-term uh complication from doing something like this but i understand the need and the the desire to try to because that again, this offensive line has been dealing with crazy injuries, and it, it's just one after another. And you you saw last week, uh, you know Zach Zach was struggling, and at first it was definitely a lot of struggling because a, a large part due to the offensive line. But you need you need to give him some type of semblance before we can even and judge so much going forward. So. Uh, they they'll need to figure something out. I I would still my guess would be they're going to shy away from moving him again. But I've been wrong every step of the way there, so I'll probably be wrong again. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about the quotes that were said throughout the week by the coaches. Mike Lafleur said that despite Zach Wilson being limited in practice the other day, he was quote able to do enough where we feel good. He also said that he was impressed with Wilson's fourth quarter poise and pocket presence, able to find soft spots in the pocket when pressured. Elijah Vera Tucker didn't flinch when asked to play left tackle, so it goes back to what we were saying. He told them he would do whatever it takes, whatever they needed from him. So again, if they had approached him earlier this week about the possibility of practicing a right tackle, I'm sure he would have obliged. On Brees Hall, he said, thank God Brees is here. Hall apparently went up to LaFleur after the game and told him he's starting to get more comfortable. Talking about Mike McDaniel, he said, one of my best buddies watches Miami tape every week. Fastest team I've ever seen on offense. 
Jeff Ulbrich also spoke. He says he spoke to Quinn Williams to clarify the gasping for air comments from last week. Has tremendous respect for Quinn Williams. Says he never intended to insult him. Says it didn't sit well with him knowing he may have offended Quinn by accident. Also says that Miami, much like Michael Lafleur said, has unparalleled speed on offense with Hill and Waddle. Doesn't see them changing much schematically with Bridgewater. Says the fact that Miami has the same system as the Jets on offense because everybody comes from the Shanahan coaching tree can help a little bit. Miami uses a lot of shifts and motions. Talked about Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and how well they're playing. He's confident they can match up with anybody on the outside, including Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Ulbrich also said he's very impressed with Jermaine Johnson's level of physicality, but added that the rookie still has a long way to go. We also heard from defensive line coach Aaron Whitecotton, who spoke for the first time about the heated sideline exchange with Quentin Williams. Quote, the cameras caught us face to face, but they didn't catch us hugging three seconds later. It's heat of the battle, man. Two passionate guys who just both want to win. Slight miscommunication. We were both fired up, but adds they resolved the issue merely seconds after the cameras caught the interaction. Chris, I think it's interesting that sometimes these cameras will catch things. Now, I'm not saying that White Cotton and Quinn Williams aren't maybe covering up something that was a little bit deeper that got resolved later. But I will say that it was funny because I remember after the game on Sunday, somebody texted me and said, is there a problem with Conor McGovern and Robert Sala? And I said, what do you mean? And he said... I saw them yelling at each other on the sideline toward the end of the game. And I said, no, they were yelling like, yeah, if you go and look, they were pumping their fists. I think they might have both bashed each other on the shoulders. That's just football guy stuff. And so that can easily be misconstrued. Obviously, there was a heated moment there with White Cotton and Quinn Williams, but also it could have just been one of those, yeah, we got to do this. And it was resolved a few seconds later, like White Cotton and Quinn Williams both said, certainly possible. Sometimes you catch things out of context and you never know. Now, like I said, also very possible that it was legit very heated for a little bit and they calmed it down afterwards. Chris, any thoughts on that or anything that Jeff Ulbrich and Mike LaFleur said throughout the week? Well, just to go along there with what you're saying and how, how I, I can confirm everything you're saying there, uh, I can't, I, I've learned that lesson where that lesson was really hammered home to me was by covering the, uh, this football team and being in like the locker room. And seeing, um, you know, uh, I would there would be a picture taken of the media scrum, and my picture would be taken, and being the Post or Daily News or whatever, and then you could see something where it's just like my face, and I just look so utterly bored or disinterested, or like I'm shooting somebody a dirty look. But really, all that happened was I just like turned my head to look at the opposite end of the locker room to see what movement was going on over there. But in that moment, it just caught like a glimpse that of me just looking something else. Now, there was also other times where I might have had a picture taken where it looks like I might have been kind of looking derisively at somebody. And that might have actually been the case. So this is this is the thing here. Sometimes it will look like that for good reason. Sometimes it can look like that just because that's the the moment that the camera got you at that angle, at that whatever. Um, and yeah, you can, you see this all the time uh, with sports. There's also, there's also, we've seen that all the time where there's, you know, people get into a huge back and forth in your face and then they can literally be hugging buddy, buddy 
12 seconds later. Regardless, I don't know how the timeline shakes out here. Regardless, I'm, I'm confident that once the adrenaline subsided, that they were like, all right, cool, we're fine. Uh, we got this, and it's not a problem going forward there. So I'm not uh, – I don't think that's anything anyone needs to be concerned about or worried about. You've all seen that numerous times, football, sports, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, as far as uh, everything else being said, a lot of, you know, obviously Miami speed – it's it's a it's a lot to deal with. <laughs> you got Tyree killed, uh, Jalen Waddle, those two right there. They got the speed they got at running back, even though they haven't been able to get the running back, uh, the running game going at all. There's a ton of speed on this team, and obviously that's the Jets were looking to do the same thing when they went to try to get Tyree kill. So you understand the appeal of it, and that's going to be the main thing that they need to focus on and stop for sure. So. That that's obviously worthy of being the focal point and main talking point here. Chris, some fun quotes from Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala as they get ready to face each other for the first time as head coaches. Robert Sala said, I'll be honest, I don't like playing against my buddies. McDaniel was asked about Tyreek Hill and his injury. I'm under the impression that Tyreek Hill is going to play and that McDaniel's just playing around with the injury report like Bill Belichick. McDaniel said, I can say with 100% conviction that Tyreek Hill will play or he won't play on Sunday. That's all Salah is getting. So I was half expecting McDaniel to finish that off with, and we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll start with... The solid doesn't like playing against his buddies. Well, I, he's got to figure out a new a job or a new type of employment soon because, like, half the league is his buddies now. Like, half the league is Shanahan tree. Like, what? what is he talking about? They're everywhere. But, yeah, that it's always – we've seen, we've talked about these, you know, these shell games coaches play. At least, at least with, in this instance, they're giving us a little bit of – of that, uh, you know, the wink, the tongue-in-cheek thing letting you know. Because, I, I, you know, I used to complain all the time about how Todd Bowles would sit here and be coy about who the long snapper would be. Like, all right, chill, man. Like, you're going to lose anyway, and there's no real advantage there. Um, so, And he would just do it dryly. And it's not a criticism because I understand why, but – Oh man, that's boring. At least here, give me a little bit of a joke to dress it up with a little bit of a joke, even if it's just a simple, easy layup. Give me joke. All right, Chris, let's take a look at the game line. And of course, all the prop bets. This is one of the more fun parts of the week. I love doing this with you. We will start with the line and the over under. The Dolphins are minus 3.5 and the over under is 45. Yeah, I'm not. I, I actually like the under. I and I definitely listen. I, I I think your show is a safe spot for talking about uh you know Tua and any type of like how good is he conversations. I, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of whispering it because like I think your your show's safe, but I'm not sure if my house is safe. It's really dangerous <laughs> talking about. Um, but no, uh, I think it's a safe space to do this. So I'm just gonna say I. And if it's not a safe space, I just want to say up front too, I haven't watched a ton of Tua playing. I haven't broken this down. But from the little bits that I have been seeing, I I just I don't know that there's that much of a difference between him and Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm not 
I don't know that I'm ready to say that there's going to be any type of drop off on this offense, but also this offense has been really inconsistent and it's, uh, and I'm talking about the Dolphins offense. It hasn't been good in by any stretch, like consistently, they just have so much speed that they can break a couple of them here. And I guess that's an, if that should be enough to convince you that the line will go over here. Uh, the Miami defense is it's tough to get a, a read on right now, especially with all those injuries. And they've been really good at stopping the run. But look at who they've gone up against. The the one time they weren't was against the Ravens. But Lamar, everybody else, the Patriots, uh, Bengals, and Bills, two of those teams don't even bother trying to run. And the, the Patriots that first game, so it's tough to really get a hold on it right now. But I I think I I'm gonna lean on the defenses to to come through and cover the under there. Passing props, over, under on touchdowns, Teddy Bridgewater 1.5, Zach Wilson 1.5, yards, Teddy Bridgewater 245.5, Zach Wilson 220.5, completions, Teddy Bridgewater 21.5, Zach Wilson 19.5, pass attempts, Teddy Bridgewater 32.5, Zach Wilson 32.5, interceptions, Teddy Bridgewater 0.5, Zach Wilson 0.5, Longest completion, Teddy Bridgewater, 35.5. Zach Wilson, 34.5. Pass and rushing yards combined, Teddy Bridgewater, 254.5. Zach Wilson, 233.5. Anybody that has ever bet a, uh, you know, a, a passing touchdown prop for a Patrick Mahomes on one of those goal line shovels to Kelsey out of the fullback slot. And they, they will understand exactly what you're talking about there. The, the, the way that the, the ball moves through the air, as long as it's going uh, in, in that direction forward, it doesn't matter how anything else about it. That the passing receiving props, that that's all you care about. It doesn't need to go all the way through the air. As long as the pass goes a millimeter forward, then the rest doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, this, I, I'm not, I don't feel great about any of these same, same thing I was talking about with the under and it's what you're saying, especially those, if I'm betting, if I have to bet on the Bridgewater stuff, I'm going over. Uh, and it's just because I, I'm just going to guess that Tyreek and Waddle will each break at least one of them to give them enough to crack over that. Um, if I, if you're determined to go with the Zach overs, go and take that with the rushing yards included in there. Um, but right now it's just that this Dolphins defense right now, the, the offensive line is still in flux. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shy a little up closer towards the unders there. Um, and then, yeah, I, 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 I just, there's, there's too much defense right now. I, I'm leaning unders for most of these. Rushing yards and receiving yards. Rushing, Brees Hall, 50.5. Chase Edmonds, 27.5. Michael Carter, 32.5. Raheem Mostert, 58.5. Teddy Bridgewater, 6.5. Zach Wilson, 8.5. Receiving yards, Brees Hall, 16.5. Chase Edmonds, 13.5. Corey Davis, 37.5. I like that one a lot. Durham Smythe, 11.5. Elijah Moore, 42.5. Garrett Wilson, 43.5. Michael Carter, 11.5. Mike Gusecki, 20.5. Raheem Mostert, 11.5. Tyler Conklin, 30.5. I like that one too. And Tyreek Hill, 67.5. Any of those stand out to you rushing and receiving, Chris? 
Yeah, as, let's start with rushing. I, I like both the quarterbacks on, on there, actually. I, I think both of them will be getting flushed out enough that they'll pick they could they'll hit those overs uh they could hit those over both could hit those overs in one run uh they could hit it in a couple chunks the only thing about you know those is is getting just sneaking over then you worry about us uh you know it losing it or whatever but i i like those um i i i love i i love both the running back uh receiving uh, once you got the Brees Hall and Chase Edmonds, give me both of those overs. I, I, I'm comfortable going pretty heavy with both those receiving overs uh, as well. And then uh, you, you said you loved it. You said you love both of them. And if you've been listening, uh, uh, you know I'm going where I'm going here. Corey Davis and the Conklin ones. Obviously, I'm still. Uh, you saw last week Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson going strong. Um, and that that's where the talent is at Elijah Moore and uh, Garrett Wilson, obviously. I also think that's where Miami's going to focus a lot of their attention. So I think they'll be more than like, go at They're They're saying, go take the lay. They'll say, go take the layups to Corey Davis and Tyler Conklin while they worry about the deep threats uh, uh, there. So I think that you can, you could really take advantage here and, and pick up some cheap, cheap yards with those two and go there. Receptions and rush attempts. Receptions. Brees Hall over under 2.5. Chase Edmonds, 1.5. Corey Davis, 2.5. Durham Smythe, 1.5. Elijah Moore, 3.5. Garrett Wilson, 3.5. Michael Carter, 1.5. Mike Gesecki, 1.5. Raheem Mostert, 1.5. Tyler Conklin, 3.5. And then rush attempts. Brees Hall, 10.5. Chase Edmonds, 7.5. Michael Carter, 8.5. Raheem Mostert, 14.5. There's something that I like a little bit there, uh, but I'm I'm just going to go with give me the receptions again on both Brees Hall and Chase Edmonds. Those, both these offenses are similar. I mean, obviously, they're similar. They're both from the Shanahan tree, um, but – they like to do a lot of short passing and a lot of dump offs to the running back. And especially if you're going up against a, a tough defense, that's gonna, you know, not make it easy for you. I, I, I like, give me both those numbers and yeah, I'm comfortable going real big on both those touchdown props. Chris, I know you did well with this last week cause you bet on Zach Wilson as an anytime touchdown scorer. And when he caught that pass from Brexton Berrios, I got a text from you with a bunch of smiley face emojis. So let's go through this. Tyreek Hill, plus 105. Jalen Waddell, plus 120. Brees Hall, plus 130. Chase Edmonds, plus 140. Raheem Mostert, plus 150. Michael Carter, plus 165. Elijah Moore, plus 245. I kind of like that one at plus 245. Corey Davis, plus 260. Kind of like that one too. Garrett Wilson, plus 270. Tyler Conklin, plus 285. Mike Gusecki, plus 295. That's not a bad one considering how poorly the Jets have done covering the middle of the field. Trent Sheffield, plus 370. Cedric Wilson, plus 475. Miami Dolphins defense and special teams, plus 500. Teddy Bridgewater, plus 500. Zach Wilson, plus 600. So if he catches another one from Braxton Berrios, you could do really well on this one. Durham Smythe, plus 650. Jets defense and special teams, plus 650. 
River Carcraft, which sounds like a fake name, but apparently that's a real person, plus 650. Braxton Berrios, plus 850. Ty Johnson, plus 900. CJ Ozama, plus 950. Not sure I'd bet that one. It seems like CJ Ozama is just a figment of our imagination so far this season. Alec Ingold, plus 1300. Jeff Smith, plus 1600. Miles Gaskin, plus 1800. Salvan Ahmed, plus 1900. Eric Azukanama, plus 1900. Denzel Mims, plus 2200. Lawrence Cager, plus 2200. Jeremy Ruckert, plus 2200. And Hunter Long, plus 3000. Listen, you could, you could go with uh, a Tyree Killer Waddle, but the, the, the odds aren't great there. Uh, I. If if I'm gonna bet, be betting on a dolphin, I'd be most comfortable with Chase Edmonds. You, you can get that same thing I was just talking about—the receiving uh, touchdown there—and then also he he could theoretically get it on the ground too. Uh, so I just if I'm gonna make a bet like that, um, and an offense where the ball get will get moved around, I'll go with the guy that can get it both ways. But I, I still don't love the number there. I think the value starts right where you mentioned it, where with Elijah Moore, uh, you know, the, the Corey Davis, the, the Tyler Conklin one uh, as well. And my logic for the the Zach Wilson touchdown last week, it was you know I wasn't calling it on the pass, uh, and you know that's that's a, a a good little thing. I was thinking more if he would get it, it would be on a a boot and just you know stroll in there. That still applies. Uh, plus 600 is not as good of a number. So, but what I will say is go ahead and take that same number that it was last week and sprinkle a little something on the Berrios one at plus 850. I like that plus 850 number. I think with, uh, with every, you know, the, the Miami defense, the way the game could go, I could see LaFleur having to resort to some type of, uh, you know, trick play to deep in his bag and break out a Barrios thing. And that plus 850, I'll roll the dice. So that, that That's impossible that happens. Chris, before we run, I want to turn it over to our friend Walter Cherpinski over at WalterFootball.com for his weekly picks, courtesy of PrizePicks.com. I really enjoy their daily fantasy matchups. I get in my entries with player projections. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Today, I'm going with Corey Davis to get more than 37.5 receiving yards and Tyler Conklin to get more than 30.5 receiving yards. They've both done better than that in almost every game this season. I think that trend will continue today against the Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. Those could be the two guys you pick, or you could pick anybody else over at prizepicks.com. It's easy to play, and you could participate in a variety of different sports. It doesn't have to just be the NFL. It could be the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, anything you want, they've got it at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com and sign up and play fantasy sports right now. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks with promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget, enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. 
Walter, the floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Scott. So let's begin with the Jets as usual. They're three and a half point home underdogs to the Dolphins this week. Uh, I like the Jets. I think they have a nice advantage in the injury report. Xavier Howard was uh, out of practice Wednesday and Thursday. He was limited Friday with a groin injury. Uh, so he may not play. Uh, but even if he does, he could get knocked out uh, with that groin injury. And if he does, uh, the Dolphins are going to be down their top three outside cornerbacks against a very talented Jets receiving core. I think that's a big advantage for the Jets. Uh, also, Ty- Kill and Jalen Waddle were limited in practice all week. I, I expect them to play, but one of them may not be 100%, so that's something to watch out for as well. I, I think there's good value with the Jets uh, here as uh, three and a half point home underdogs. Uh, other games I like, I like Tampa Bay minus 10. Uh, so this line was eight and, and now it's 10. I, I still think it's too low. I would have made this 13 or 14. Uh, there's just a big advantage in this game for Tampa, and, and the Buccaneers are going to be uh, focused coming off two losses in a row. Uh, Tom Brady uh, coming off defeats is, is great overall and two in a row I expect them to be very focused against the Falcons and this is Tampa's easiest game by far on the schedule they, they face nothing but tough opponents uh, whereas the Falcons they feasted on some bad teams or injured teams uh, their two wins against Seattle and uh, the Browns who are missing Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney so I, I think Tampa is going to get uh, a blowout win here I don't expect this one to be close I also like Washington plus two and a half against Tennessee uh, their home underdogs uh, I don't know why Tennessee's favored on the road uh, we're not too far removed from watching them get blown out at Buffalo and lose to the Giants at home. Uh, I know in the past two weeks, uh, they've beaten the Colts and the Raiders. The Raiders are very banged up in that game, and the Colts outgained the Titans by 100 yards. Uh, the, the Colts just had some turnovers, uh, two fumbles by Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and a missed field goal. I, I think the Colts should have won that game, and if they did, they would be the Titans would be 1-3. They would not be favored on the road at, at Washington, so I, I like the value with the home dog once again. Another home dog, the Browns, plus two against the Chargers, so they get Miles Garrett back, uh, maybe Jadamian Clowney, but Garrett's the important piece. Uh, he's going against a rookie left tackle for the Chargers. Uh, this Charger team is missing their, their left tackle, their best defensive player Joey Bosa, and their top receiver in Keenan Allen, and, and they're favored on the road against a quality Browns team uh, that could realistically be 4-0. Obviously, we saw what happened with the Jets. If Nick Chubb doesn't score, they win that game. And last week, they, they made so many mistakes against the Falcons. Uh, even though they didn't have Miles Garrett, they outgained the Falcons substantially they just had some blunders in the red zone, and so they could have won that game. The Browns are 4-0, or even 3-1. I think they'd be a small favorite, so I think we're getting good value with Cleveland. Um, another home underdog. Uh, last one, the Panthers, uh, plus 6.5 against the 49ers. Uh, this is kind of a vomit-inducing bet here uh, because Carolina has been so dreadful. But really, I mean, they almost beat Cleveland in Week 1, and they uh, – they, outplayed the Giants in week two. Uh, they could have a better record uh, than they do right now. Uh, but the thing I like about this game is that the 49ers were minus three on the advanced spread. This line moved three and a half points based on what we saw Monday night. And what we saw Monday night was the Rams struggle uh, given that you know they had so many injuries and the 49ers took advantage of them. Uh, the 49ers outside of the Seattle game against the Seattle team that can't play defense at all, they scored 10, 10, and 17 points. And Carolina has a good defense. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, which means the the home underdog is going to cover. Uh, tough scheduling spot, too, for the 49ers. They played on Monday night. Now they have to go across the country uh, to play Carolina. I, I don't think the Panthers are going to be on the radar after they got their revenge against the Rams on Monday night. Uh, finally, I like the Eagles minus 5.5 against the Cardinals. Uh, this is a play on the injury report as well. Uh, Arizona is looking like it's going to be without its entire interior offensive line, plus this left tackle might be out. Uh, its, top, its second cornerback uh, might be out as well. Um, 
I just think the Eagles have a big advantage here uh, in Arizona. It's uh, I expect Jalen Hurts to be focused because it's the battle of the Oklahoma quarterback. So I, I don't think he's going to overlook them, uh, given that they have Dallas next week. Uh, that's really the only concern. Uh, if the Eagles are focused, they should beat Arizona quite easily. So those are the WalterFootball.com Week 5 picks against the spread. Back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter, and thank you for listening. Make sure that you check out everything that Walter is doing over at WalterFootball.com and everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 breakdowns on our channel right now, including one for every single Jets draft pick. Watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's T-E-E-public.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.